Welcome to Busy Moms Podcast. Hang on and here we go. Today, our podcast is called Distrust and Deceit. So we are going to talk about two ladies. First off, we're going to talk about Lot's wife. She is our number one. So just a brief overview of Lot and his wife. And this is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and its destruction. It's in Genesis uh, chapter 18. So if you want to read through it after our discussion, you're more than welcome to. So just to quickly paraphrase, God comes to Abraham and says, Sodom and Gomorrah are horrible, horribly wicked cities. And I'm going to destroy them. But Abraham's nephew, Lot, lives in Sodom. So Abraham negotiates with the Lord and says, well, God, if you find 50 righteous people in Sodom, is it really fair to destroy the city and kill those 50? And God says, well, if there's 50, then sure, I'll, I'll save the city. And then he says, well, Lord, since I've already spoken and been brave, I'm going to be brave again. What about 45? God says, yes, 45. And he, well, okay, because Abraham did know that Sodom was horrible <laughs> and that there probably really wasn't 45 people in there. So he keeps talking down to the number 10. And he finally, Abraham says, God, if there are 10 righteous people in Sodom, would you please not destroy it? And his answer is, sure. If you can find, if, the, if I can find 10 people that are righteous, I will not destroy Sodom. Abraham's just like, okay. I got this. Okay, <laughs> lots of life. This will be great. So God sends two angels to Sodom. So he goes in and the angels meet Lot. Lot welcomes them and says, you know, come to my house. I'll give you dinner and you'll have a place to sleep. The angel says, no, we're going to sleep out in the city center. And he's like, no, no. No, I insist you come home with me <laughs> and I'm going to make you dinner and you're going to stay in my house because he knew the wicked people. Word gets out that Lot has two visitors. Now, Lot knew that these were angels from the get-go, but the men and women of, of Sodom did not. It states in the Bible, all the men, young and old of Sodom, arrive at Lot's house that night and knock on the door and say, bring these guys out. Bring your men out because we want to have sex with them. Ew. They're angels. Yeah. Talk about perversion. What blows my mind is that it states in the Bible, all of them from every part of the city show up and say, we want to sleep with these dudes. And lots of like, they're dudes. Yeah. We're not talking about girl angels. We're talking about boy angels. So Lot says, no, I'm not going to let that happen. But I have two daughters. You may have them. And they're just like, no, who are you to tell us this? And they get angry. And it's just an angry mob. The angels pull Lot back in to his house and are just like, is there anybody in your family that is not in this building right now, basically? Is there any other family? And Lot says, yes, there's two fiancés. And he says, well, go speak to them because you need to leave. Because this pretty much proves there are not 10 people that are righteous in Sodom. (laughs) (laughs) If you get down to it, I don't even think there were five. No, no. Because it's Lot, Lot's wife, and Lot's two daughters. Four. That's four, four. because the fiancés don't go. No, they don't. Lot goes to them, tells them what's happening. They think it's a joke, and they laugh at him. And then the angels are like, you need to leave now. And Lot kind of dithers a little bit. And the angels, once again, they have to physically grab Lot, his wife, and daughters, and force them to leave. And as they're running, the angels say, flee. You know, you need to go now. This is urgent. And lots, they say, go up into the mountains because what's coming is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And you need to be as far away as possible. Well, Lot, being Lot, since he, he dithers, 
says, I can't get that far. And I don't know what's in the mountains. I'm scared. I might die. I don't think I can get there. And if I do get there, I don't know what's there. Let me go to this little town way on the outskirts of the plains. And it's so small that it's called Zoar, which means small town. And the angels at this point are like, fine, just get there. Get to the town. Don't look back. Just go and don't look back. Just go and don't look back. And those of us that know the story on their way, Lot's wife looked back and was turned into a pillar of salt. Hmm. That couldn't have been fun. No. I wonder if she knew. Well, I know. If I, if I think about that too much, it's not, that's not a fun thought. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's why I'm like, wow. I, it was the first time that I actually really thought about it. So I'm like, huh. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, was it know. instant? Was it slow? Yeah. Did it, was it like frozen? It starts from the bottom and go all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of hoping it was instant because I don't no. wouldn't want to know what that would feel like. True. Yeah, but that's all in yeah. in Genesis. All we hear about, we don't hear about Lot's wife in the beginning. Lot came home and cooked dinner. He didn't say Lot's wife cooked dinner. He did. And then you only hear about the daughters when he offers them up. And that's still, Lot's wife is not in the picture until the angels grab her and the daughters and say, get. And then then we only hear she turned around and became a pillar of salt. Right. So we have no information. No information on her. And she doesn't even have a name. Have you guys noticed that? Lot's wife. So we don't know much about her. We just know that what she did was not trust. What was behind you that you had... That you couldn't let go of. Yeah. Maybe she just wanted to see what was happening. That's my thought. That would be me. That would like, be me oh, too. Oh, I hear terrible things going on behind me. How do you not look? Yeah. Yeah. Lot didn't look. He didn't. And Lot's his girls didn't look. didn't look. Exactly. No. Because they had angels telling them not to look. True. We today do not have that. <laughs> No, no, and we still, you know, like she. I don't want to say she had it easy, but she had angels in her home saying, "God's bringing fire down from heaven to yeah. destroy this city, and don't look." And she still was like, "I gotta take a peek." <laughs> I hear rumbling. I hear screams. I need to. T- I, I gotta see what this is. And she's a warning for all of us. She is. I did a little, um, my little investigating. And I found this little snippet. It says all the info on her is in one short verse. Yet we must give her attention, for it is written in burning words by the finger of God, remember Lot's wife. Yeah, Jesus employed this as a teaching tool. He used her distrust as a teaching tool, a history lesson, to help prepare his followers for his future revelation. Lot's wife did not trust God when he told them not to look back. We don't know much about her, but Lot's wife is a warning to us all. Are we going to be ready when God returns? Are we ready to walk and not look back when God tells us it's time to go? In Luke chapter 17, beginning of verse 28, and I'm reading from the Message Bible, which means it's changed some of the the phrasing and things like that. It's more of a paraphrase. Yes, Mm -hmm. more of a paraphrase. But I want you guys to hear what Luke says. It says, it was the same in the time of Lot, the people carrying on having a good time, business as usual, right up to the day Lot walked out of Sodom and a firestorm swept down and burned everything to a crisp. That's how it will be. Sudden, total, when the Son of Man is revealed. When the day arrives and you're out working in the yard, don't run into the house to get anything. And if you're out in the field, don't go back and get your coat. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you grasp and cling to life on your terms, you'll lose it. But if you let that life go, you'll get life on God's terms. And those are red letters. Yeah. <laughs> so they were said by Jesus. And that means they're important. That's right. A warning to all of us to be ready mm-hmm. and not to look back. 
So we just talked about Lot's wife and that she didn't trust the Lord and she's a history lesson for us to be prepared for what's coming. So let's talk about deceit and this woman that we don't really (laughs) know much about whose name is Zephira. So Gretchen, can you read to us about Ananias and Zephira? Okay, this comes from Acts chapter 5. It says, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest of it and put it at the apostles' feet. This is Peter. Then Peter said to Ananias, How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When, I, when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And a great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped his body, and carried him out the door and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, finding her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. I read this story for the first time when I was like 10. Scared the ever-loving crap out of me. was terrified i'm not so, lying god i swear i'm not lying god so i need to do i need to make my children read the story then so that we would can be a curb. good idea do we really want to try because this is kind of traumatizing you you know well i don't but, think our kids would be traumatized about this i don't know i say let's try i think we're gonna try it <laughs> we'll follow up i'll let you know how that goes, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> so here's the kicker it's not like they had to give the money. No. no. It's not like they were required to give it up. They chose to. <laughs> yeah. They chose to hold some back. They chose to do all of this because none of this was required. It's so, it's, I don't want to say silly, tragic. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is the beginning of the church. Yep. This is in the church's infancy. So everybody's kind of learning stuff. And, and you have people that are giving gifts Mm -hmm. And we don't know if they were like, well, I mean, all these people are giving gifts, so let's just do ours. Yeah, because in the the verse like before it, it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom all the apostles called Barnabas, sold a field he owned and brought it to them, brought the money and put it at the disciples' feet. So it's like she saw, she, they, they, (laughs) they saw this other guy do it. And my guess would be he was encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they saw how good that made other guy look, they went, hey, let's do this. Let's do this too. And then we're going to look so good in front of all these people. But then they agreed together, but not to God. You know, they agreed together, but then they're like, well, we'll, we don't need to give them all of it. We're just going to keep a little bit for ourselves because, you know, we have to make sure that we're going to be okay. But this is after they've already told people that they're going to give the entire field. Either way. Like, well, yeah, true. Because they could have just said, here's this money. We sold a field 
And we kept like 10%, but here is the rest of the money. And everybody went, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. see, they had to do what this other guy did because the other guy gave the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we can't be less in other people's eyes than this dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got to tell everybody that we're given the full amount. We're going to tell God that we're given the full that we're amount. given the full amount. And here you have the first example of virtue signaling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to blast it out to everybody. Just what a good thing I'm doing. Yeah. Which the- is like, this is a disgusting thing. It is. I don't <laughs> like is- it. I don't like it on YouTube. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. Christians, my love, if you're going to do something, do it for the reason that you're doing it. Don't do it for what other people see. Don't let people see. Make that between you and God. That's what makes this a good thing. That goes for the same thing with your children. When you are teaching your children to do good deeds, nobody else needs to know about it except you, your child, and God. Because what are we teaching our children? It's instant gratification that when they do something, they have to make sure that they tell everybody so then that way everybody can tell them what a good job they did. We're not saying that you can't, tell anybody Mm -hmm. we're not saying that you can you can't be like oh by the way but it is the difference between bragging and explaining that we are teaching our children this Mm -hmm. because it is a good thing you don't the one thing we don't want you to take not take away from this is that it is a good thing of when we're teaching our children and even for ourselves if you're not in that place yet and you decide to do a good thing Make sure that the wholehearted reason that you're doing it is for that purpose. It's not to make yourself feel good. It's yeah. because you want. As soon as you do that, as soon as you say, look what I did. I just did this for this person. That just made the, the whole act the whole thing about off. you mm-hmm. yeah. and not about the other person. Yeah. And I think it's best to, if you're going to do it, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. It's between you and God. And then <laughs> don't lie to him. Yeah, don't, yeah, lie, don't, don't lie. lie to God. Good Lord, don't lie to God. I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> I got a better chance of getting into a car accident on the way home. I, I, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing my darndest to not lie. Because I really don't want to die like they did. No. <laughs> not a fun one. No. 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 Because they both went down together. I mean, they both answered the exact same way. And they were both buried next to each other. Yeah. Like, well, you I mean, so like God doesn't know? You think yeah. God doesn't know what's going on? He, like, he can hear everything. I mean, that's why it's it's deceit because um they God knew and they were deceiving him. Uh the lying is deceit. I mean, honestly, we all kind of do we deceive all do him it all the time. All the time. He knows what's in our hearts, especially if we're going to virtue signal and, and we're gonna post on Facebook or, or wherever, we're going to make sure that people know that I did this good deed. You're deceiving God by, by doing that because you totally made it about yourself and not about the action that you were supposed to be doing. So, it, I mean, it, that's a now hard You make a truth. promise to God and say, I'm doing this for this reason. And then you go and you do it and then you make it all about you. That's lying to God. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow and wrap around and realize that that, you know, yes, they blatantly, like, this is a bold-faced lie. We do it subtly, which is just as bad. We lie to ourselves. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do, but it's just like, ouch. Yeah. When you read it. And, you know, the other thing with this is the church at its beginnings. And God kind of used them as an example. And in the message, the very end of um, verse 
11. I just kind of like how it paraphrased it. It said, by this time, the whole church, and in fact, everyone who heard of these things had a healthy respect for God. (laughs) They knew God was not to be trifled with. Yeah. Yeah. I just love how it just breaks it down kind of more in today's speak. Yeah. You know, the great fears. What? What does it say, um, like, at the end, at, like, 11? Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Exactly. You know, which is still is Great powerful. Fear. But just to hear, God's not to be trifled with. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> well, because pride and generosity don't mix. No, they don't. They don't. And she really didn't trust. Or, well, she didn't have faith in God because she thought she could get away with lying. Well, they both did. They both did. And... Yeah. They're both together. Yeah. They tested their strength against God's. And I that didn't work out for, for Jezebel so well either. No. <laughs> no. I don't no, know. it did not. But I call that a healthy fear. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the one that kind of smacks you and brings you back to reality. Like, yep, I'm just like everybody else and I need to get my crap together. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a, like a toddler effect. Like when you have that toddler, like don't touch the hot stove, they get near it and you kind of like scream at them or, you know, you, you're you very dramatic Fear. about that and, and it scares them. You scare them to keep them away from what could hurt them. And God kind of used them mm-hmm. as that healthy fear of, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look both ways before I cross the street now because mama yelled at me. It's kind of the same thing. God just said, you can't lie to me. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Just like we Holy tell, cow. When my kids say, how do you know this? Because I know. <laughs> Can you, he says that to us too. Uh-huh. We just got to remember to listen to <laughs> All right. Well, let's just wrap this up in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for these lessons that you have given us with Lot's wife and Zephira. Lord, be with each and every one of us as we try to be truthful with you, that honesty is the best policy, and to trust you completely. When you say go, we need to go. When we say that we're going to give you 100%, then we need to give you 100%, Lord. And we thank you for these lessons. Please be with each and every one of us this week as we go about our daily lives, and may we remember and we stop to trust and to be honest in everything that we do. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. 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 Our blessings to you, and remember to fight for those words.